sure, 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 sure. You know. Okay, here we go. Um, so, are you relaxed? Okay. This is, uh, you know, it's not 60 minutes. We're just having kind of a, <laughs> yeah. a conversation here about what you do. Okay. Um, so give me an overview. Shantley Lab, is, is that pronounced correctly? Shantley Laboratory, okay. yeah. All right. Um, so tell me. Chandley. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kristen, tell me, what happens in Chandley, Chandley Lab? So the Chandley Lab houses a variety of research opportunities here at Penn State, um, notably our um, MRI uh, scanning capability on campus. It's a research scanner that's entirely dedicated for uh, research scans that services an array of researchers across the university. So we're very fortunate that we don't have to compete with clinical scans um, or the clinical scanning time that you often encounter in medical centers or hospitals. Well, what do you need with an MRI machine? MRIs help us take uh, more refined pictures of um, brains to help us understand uh, aging, um, the impact of disease events or injury events such as traumatic brain injury or head injury. Um, so that we can see how brain structure and function might be changing across the lifespan uh, in children as well as adults, um, as well as um, the impact of, of disease or illness or other injury events on the brain as well. What got you into brains? Are you, are you a, a brainiac? Why are you so into brains? Um, I think it's a combination of um, personal and professional interest. Um, I think... Um, the biggest contributor to my current interest in brains uh, started when I was working at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. I took on a position there on the Traumatic Brain Injury Service uh, Clinic um, that is there in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, got a chance to interact with uh, neurologists, clinical psychologists, uh, clinical neuropsychologists, um, and psychiatrists. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, and I was working with service members who had um, encountered uh, traumatic brain injuries as a result of their active service. And so wanted to continue that work and, and really felt a calling and a passion to be able to serve that community as well. Well, that's a good reason, I think. Uh, all right, so I'm part of a, of a scientific experiment, right? You're gathering data. Tell, explain what I'm going to go through today. Sure, so we have um, a study design or a study visit day that is designed to try and uh, acquire as much information about uh, structure and function of the brain, which is why we would ask uh, you to participate in the MRI scan portion. Um, we also have a non-scanning portion where we want to get a sense for um, cognitive functioning or thinking tasks um, while you're outside of the scanner, as well as health history, little bit about your personal background and then um, things that we might lump into a category of what we would call um, psychological or social variables so different surveys that are going to ask how you feel your functioning uh, in your everyday life um, and your mood and so things you're like that trying to find out what makes me tick exactly now if I'd have got on that MRI machine and you would have found nothing in my head I guess we'd have been, we wouldn't been doing this this uh, study any longer would we <laughs> <laughs> all right so what do you expect to accomplish from what the data you're gathering, mm -hmm. 
of all the volunteers that have come through here. What do you expect to accomplish by that? What's your goal? What's the end? So our goal is twofold. Um, our research study is definitely aimed with a specific focus of understanding the impact, longer term impact specifically, following moderate to severe traumatic brain injury events. Um, but there's also this piece as well that's important to disentangle is this, these natural changes that evolve out of uh, aging, even healthy aging, or, or for individuals who do not have this same injury history. And so we're kind of trying to tackle simultaneously this opportunity to understand structure and function changes within the brain, both in individuals who don't have that injury history, as well as those who do have that injury history. All right, so in the real world, mm -hmm. once you get, uh, once you and your team uh, compile all this data, sift through it, and come to conclusions, how is this going to help the everyday guy, man or woman out there on the street? A couple different ways. I think in one way, um, regardless of your medical or injury history, we're hoping to shed some light uh, and offer recommendations for healthy lifestyles that are going to promote overall health and specifically brain health. Um, we're also seeking to advance our understanding of changes in the brain after an injury so we might better be able to uh, infer or suggest certain recommendations for rehabilitation. Especially for veterans. And, Absolutely. And guys from there. Yeah. And the second piece of that as well for civilian context is what can we do uh, on a daily basis, uh, whether it's short-term or long-term care, to assist these individuals to recover function as best they can or for caregivers and other friends or family members who are part of that network that are supporting somebody who's struggling with challenges following a brain injury of this severity. But to be clear, you, you don't work with athletes that had football injuries. You're, you're more of a car accident or bombs or different things, is that correct? Um, less so bombs, but many of these moderate severe injuries are gonna be falls from greater heights or greater impacts, motor vehicle crashes, things like that. Um, the sports related work uh, tends to err on the more mild side of the head injury spectrum. So that's actually handled by one of our colleagues, uh, Dr. Peter Arnett's uh, sports uh, neuropsychology lab. Um, so we are less involved with them just by virtue of the fact that because we rely on imaging, brain scans, mild injuries typically don't demonstrate any recognizable findings um, or bleeding on the brain or anything like that um, when we put somebody with a mild injury in the scanner. You might see other things, but with respect to bleeding on the brain, penetrating injury, or observable damage to structure, you're less likely to see that in a mild injury than you are in moderate and severe TBI. Gotcha. Well, here we are sitting outside of uh, the lab and can't go on Penn State campus in the summertime without construction and cars backing up and everything else, but I think we'll get through this. All right, so you've, the, at any one time, there are probably dozens of studies going on at Penn mm -hmm. State University with the diff different sciences. Why is it important uh, for people to log on to Penn State website and find out what studies are going on and, and volunteer? Why is it, how critical is it? For you to get people like me to come in and be uh, well analyzed, <laughs> it is. It's a really good question. I think it's something that is really um, critical, so that we can ensure that the studies that we're conducting, the findings that we are aggregating from our data, and the recommendations that we're making as a result of those projects, are applicable to as many people as possible. And so, the more individuals that we can get to sign up for an array of studies, asking a multitude of different questions and using different methods in order to uh, try and examine those questions, it increases our confidence that we can say for a large, diverse array group of people 
we have a lot of confidence in our data that it's widely generalizable or applicable to most of the individuals that we're seeking to serve. It's not simply a set of findings that are very uh, specific to a very small group of individuals uh, that happen to rep uh, repeatedly participate in our studies and things like that. So it really, I think, widens the opportunity for us to feel confident in our findings and that they're generalizable to the uh, wider public. Well, I was comfortable during our, our uh, little study in there. I, all the tests you put me through made me feel like a dumbass half the time, <laughs> but uh, you told me that's normal. But uh, there are, are, are good things about uh, this, obviously the data that you, you get, but also people are compensated, aren't they? They are, so um, anytime that we're conducting a research study, we will provide uh, some form of comp compensation and that type of reimbursement will vary from project to project. Can you, uh, what is the most bizarre study you've ever, ever been on or heard about that your colleagues have done? Uh, that's a good question. Something that people would say, what? Why are they measuring that? Or why are they looking at that? Um, I can't say that I have too many details on the, the actual study activities of this one, but I have seen um, advertised before um, out of uh, dietary sciences, different um, prune studies or avocado studies. Oh, um, hold on a second. We've got a, 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 a troop of uh, ATVs screaming through here with buckets on it and lawnmowers. Kubota. Okay, continue. What, what's the, what about this? any bizarre studies with items? Now you're mentioning uh, uh, avocados. Yeah, so um, we get, we'll see flyers or advertisements for individuals where I guess the requirement is for them to consume a certain amount uh, consistently of either prunes or avocados, and the goal of the study is to um, examine the effects of that. Um, so your subjects go home and eat a lot of avocados and a lot of prunes. I'm sure that the the instructions for that are probably a little bit more. Uh, well, we know it's going to yeah. happen to eat a lot of prunes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Exactly. Now the avocados I like yeah. myself, but uh, well, what is your favorite part of what you're doing here? You you, you work with me all day long, which was a trial on your uh, your end of <laughs> no, things. But wasn't. but think about it. What what? Why do you do what you do? Why is it important to you to, to find some answers about brain injuries? Um, I think the biggest thing is I really much I very much enjoy the face-to-face -face opportunity to get a chance to hear each individual's story, um, regardless of the group that they're participating in, whether they have the history of moderate severe TBI or whether or not they don't, because we're all coming from various corners and health histories and different experiences, and all of that is going to help us um, generate a more comprehensive picture. Of, of aging and uh, for some individuals aging with a history of TBI and so the opportunity to work firsthand with these individuals uh, who may be um, struggling um, or at a minimum are learning to live with a serious injury event um, in their past um, is really a great privilege and to be able to make a difference hopefully with the work that we're doing that could have a real impact on an individual's daily life um, is really rewarding. Wonderful. But I'll tell you that one, one thing that impressed me after being uh, working with you all day is the complexity of the brain yeah. and how it, uh, how it allows certain uh, elements into it and, and how it uh, get, expels some and how complex it is. And uh, it, it just seems like it's, it's a puzzle. It is. It's very, mu it's, it's very much a puzzle. And, and I think as a field, um, regardless of the specific avenue that you're researching the brain from, we're learning as much as we are learning more information and, and um, increasing our knowledge and understanding of the brain, we're also increasing our knowledge of what we realize we don't know. 
gotcha. um, and new questions to ask um, with each question um, or projects that we're working on. Okay, so tell me how long this study has been going on because mm -hmm. you're a fifth, fifth year, fifth year PhD yeah. candidate student. Yes. So tell me how long this has been going on and, and what's going to happen before it gets finished. Sure. What are the results? What's going to happen? Um, so the study has been going on now for its fifth year, might be actually entering its sixth year. Six years? Yes, and so it's a longer term study because we were interested in longer term effects of aging with a traumatic brain injury. Um, I have suspicions that this specific study protocol, um, so the study activities you were asked to do today, um, might start to wrap up over the next year or so, um, but not quite certain, you know, as we sit here today. What I do think will continue is the opportunity to participate in scanning, not just within our lab. Um, we would probably just reintroduce another uh, study, yeah, another study set of activities, um, as well as other opportunities to both participate in scanning and non-scanning studies uh, from the Department of Psychology, and that will always continue. So then what's next for Christine Dell? <laughs> what happens now? Where, you, what do you, where are you going now? I am uh, preparing to start well, what's called my pre-doctoral internship um, at the VA San Diego uh, healthcare system in San Diego, California. And that'll start this summer. Um, and that's a one-year uh, clinical internship. Uh, so a really nice opportunity for me to round out the last piece of my clinical training um, in a hospital-based setting in San Diego. That sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of sun. Uh, yes, definitely. There. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and thank you so much for being on Cans, Copy, and Mike. No, thank you so much for having me. Okay. Very good. Very, very good. I hope that was okay. <laughs> that was just fine. I'll see you again. Yeah. We'll set that up again, and I'll just say unique instead of weird. <clears throat> okay, so you're a fifth-year doctoral student. Yes. So you've seen a lot of studies come and go. Yes. What is the most unique study you think you can remember that happened at Penn State? Um, I think the one that kind of makes me smile every time I think about it is um, some of the studies that are out of um, diet and nutrition science huh. uh, laboratories um, that are recruiting individuals uh, to eat certain foods so they can study <laughs> the impact of that on diet and nutrition. And um, we've had the experience of when we were recruiting for our own studies, um, and we ask, have you participated in Penn State research before? We had quite a number of individuals who had participated in either an avocado study or a prune study. And so that, either or. Yes, and so that, that always made us smile because we were always curious about the specific details of what that might entail. Well, interesting. I know avocado stage, I love avocados. Yes. And I think we all know what happens if we eat too many prunes. <laughs> <laughs> well, are there any alcohol studies where people would drink a lot of wine? Um, you know, I haven't heard about one yet, but if we did hear one, I might sign up myself. Oh, so. there you go. Well, Penn State student. Yeah. <laughs>